Welcome to the Silver Fox Entrepreneurs Podcast, a series of interviews to inform, inspire and support men later in life who want to start their own enterprise for profit or for pleasure. Good afternoon or good morning or wherever you are in the day. Welcome to The Den. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Jay Shapiro, who's in a warm and sunny place. And Jay and I met each other, first of all, back in Singapore, back in 95, 96, when Jay introduced me to Google. So Jay's been an uh, an innovative and visionary guy, especially in tech. Jay, welcome to Silver Fox Entrepreneurs. Thanks so much. Pleasure to be here. Jay, tell us, you know, where you are now and, and what you're doing. So I'm in Nairobi, Kenya, in East Africa, uh, and I've uh, been here for a few years now, and uh, I run a company called Siku Games, uh, which is a mobile game, social impact mobile games company. Uh, and what you see behind me is what's called the Nairobi Game Development Center, uh, which I've just built and is launching this, this weekend, actually. Um, and so, yeah, so I'm part of the entrepreneur uh, scene, if you will, that's burgeoning in East Africa. That's that's fantastic. But you're originally from Canada. Yeah. So, um, and you shared earlier on about your dad being a, a professor in entrepreneurship. And when I met you, you were starting Blue Interactive in Singapore. So, how do you go from Canada to Singapore and now to East Africa? I, I'm basically just working my way around the Commonwealth countries, <laughs> uh, trying to trying to tick them all off. Um, so, so yeah. So I grew up in Canada. I left there in '95. Went to Singapore, uh, where where we met. Spent about 13 years there um, and started uh, one of the very first digital agencies, uh, which, as you, as you pointed out already, at, at, the, at the start was called Blue Interactive, Blue Sphere Interactive, actually. It was a very dot-com-y, terrible name um, that then just became Blue. Um, and, uh, and I grew that from a, a three-person little third-floor walk-up apartment yeah, yeah. Ad, ad agency um, into today, it's the fourth largest digital agency in the world. We sold the WPP in 2007. Uh, today, it's called Possible, um, and uh, it carries on. It was Marketing Magazine's uh, Agency of the Year twice. Um, and so I left Singapore in 2008 um, and moved to New York and, uh, and was there for about eight years um, where I started a couple of things. Uh, one was a nonprofit foundation called Do Good As You Go, uh, which was a network of about 500 entrepreneurs uh, who were traveling the world uh, for work or for pleasure um, and doing volunteer work uh, on four continents as they traveled at uh, street kid shelters and orphanages and the like, doing skills transfer workshops. Um, and at the same time, I started my next venture, uh, which is a company called AppMaker, uh, which became, it was a drag and drop mobile app publishing platform, became the world's largest mobile app publisher uh, with three and a half million apps. Um, and then Donald Trump happened. And, <laughs> uh, and as you said, yeah, I'm, I'm Canadian, so I was never really at home there. I would decide to leave. And so uh, I've got two kids and, uh, and I was working remotely. We, at AppMaker, we had a team of 65 people, but they were all scattered around the world. And my wife travels nonstop uh, for her job. She runs uh, an accelerator. Um, and so we said, look, we can live anywhere. Uh, and we took our kids out of school 
and we packed one backpack each and we spent a year traveling around the world, uh, shopping, trying to figure out where our next location should be. And we, we absolutely fell in love with Nairobi. And, uh, there's, there's a, there's a real sort of entrepreneurial buzz that's happening here. There's a, mm. a sense of optimism and, and Jim, I know you'll relate, uh, Nairobi to me today absolutely feels like Singapore did in the early nineties. Wow. Um, it, it, uh, it's, it's a little rough around the edges, but there's just this, this buzz. There's this energy that you can feel that's about to pop. Um, mm. and they have very similar backgrounds. You know, they, they both got their independence from, from Britain within two years of each other. Um, and so, uh, it's, I'm, I'm doing it all over again, if you will. Wow. Fantastic. And actually, when we were children, I lived in, West Africa in, uh, and, uh, we actually used to go to Nairobi, uh, from Nigeria because my, my relatives were surgeons out there. So okay. my family has quite a long connection with Africa. Also I have some relatives still living in Kenya. I must introduce you to them. And, and tell me, why do you think, I mean, you've been an entrepreneur since you were young, but now you're an entrepreneur a little bit later on in life, not quite yet 50, but closing in. Tell us how you think it's different now, Jay, being an entrepreneur, you know, as a, a maturepreneur rather when you're in your 20s. Well, I would definitely say I, I may be an oldpreneur, but I don't think I'm a maturepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an just an old one. Um, yeah, I, look, I realized very early on in my career uh, that I make a really shitty employee. Um, and so <laughs> I've sort of had no choice. To be an entrepreneur all the way along, uh, because when I see a problem, I want to fix it, and that doesn't always work well when you're, uh, you know, supposed to be meeting uh, goalposts that, yeah. that people set for you, or, or staying in your box. Tell us what what problem are you trying to solve now? You meant you like to go around and, and solve things, and that's absolutely the case. Tell us about Usiku Games. Sure. So, I, look, I came to the realization that. Uh, what I'm really good at is uh, not building businesses, but building industries. Um, and so I think, Jim, you may have actually been in the room in probably 98, 97 in Singapore. when We sat in a bar forming what became the IAB, the Interactive Advertising Bureau. Uh, yeah, right? I do. That's right. With, with Duncan I Ironside and, and you and I and a few others, right? That's right. The head, the head of Yahoo was there. The head yep. of DoubleClick was there. And there David was, there was seven of us. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Right? There were seven of us in the room. Uh, Kevin Rose, who went on to be really famous as well. Um, and today, if you look in Singapore at the, at the industry, uh, the head of Google, the head of PayPal, the head of Airbnb uh, are all my ex-employees. Um, right. And, 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 and we literally built that industry. Um, and I sold that agency in the same month that Steve Jobs launched the iPhone. Mm. Uh, so I knew that mobile was absolutely going to be the next thing. There, there was no app industry. Um, and so we went and we built it and created the ecosystem. Uh, and now I'm doing that exactly again in Africa with gaming, where today in, in sub-Saharan Africa, there's 350 million connected smartphones. Uh, that's more than all of the U.S., Canada, and Mexico combined. Yeah, I was going to say it's like greater than North America, right? Yeah, absolutely. By far. And it's growing at 20% year over year, whereas the U.S. is growing at 20%. And uh, the median age today in Europe is 53, uh, but the median age here is 19. Mm. So you take all those connected devices and all that energetic youth, 
and it's perfect for gaming, but there are no game companies here. And when you talk to some of the international game companies, uh, they're like, oh, Africa, do people have phones? Is there internet? Uh, the fact is there's 4G connection throughout the country with yeah. 80 gigabit connections and everything. It's much further advanced than anywhere else I've been. Um, and it's perfect for it. And so what we decided to do was to say, okay, how do we build that industry uh, through gaming, but recognizing where we are, use the power of gamification to solve difficult social challenges? Um, and so we're doing education, agriculture, climate change, women's empowerment uh, through games uh, to try as, a, as a, what you call a, a double bottom line, although I hate that term, yeah. of doing both social impact and profit. That sounds fantastic. And so you say about, you know, you like to create industries. This goes quite a, you know, in the Steve, uh, it was a Jim Collins sort of uh, big hairy ass doll style challenges you're on what your second third of doing this what would be some of the behaviors or skill sets that you've noticed in yourself or in others that make that possible because that's really a big big challenge to set yourself are there some tips or some behaviors that you do every day or every week that you'd like to share so i i think the number one is connections uh connecting people because no one person can build an industry uh, you know, Branson may claim he did, but uh, <laughs> by and large, it takes it takes a village, right? And yep. so, uh, constantly be seeking out uh, other people who uh, are not yet in the ecosystem, but could be or should be, that offer some value and bring something to the table, and then find a way for them to be successful. Uh, because nobody will want to participate in a new industry unless there's something in it for them. And so constantly looking out for ways to help others um, and to make it valuable to them such that it's a symbiotic relationship and they then help with your broader mission of, of creating that new ecosystem. Yeah. Tony Robbins, I think, says, you know, the, the more you serve, the more you earn, you know. Uh, so it seems counterintuitive, but it seems to absolutely be the case. And what about on a day-to-day basis, Jay, in terms of, you do connections, but and how do you do that? Are you doing that through LinkedIn, through Facebook? Are you sending pigeons, bows and arrows? What are you doing in terms of getting yes. those connections? All of the above. Okay. Uh, constantly. Um, through, through social networks, but, but also looking in odd places. You know, uh, when you meet friends of friends or in a social environment, whatever, um, you know, within our, within our company, for example, I now have a team of rappers, hip hop rappers mm. that I never thought I would be hiring uh, right. you know, rappers. Uh, but if you want to create local African games, they have to have local African soundtracks. Um, and so our first studio before we built this place uh, was in what's called the Kibera slum. It's the largest slum in Africa uh, here in Nairobi. Um, and we actually built our studio in the middle of the slum because part of our social mission was to do economic opportunity, create economic opportunities through training, hiring, education uh, in the slums. And so we found all these great ghetto boys uh, who are rappers, uh, wow. and they've been doing our soundtracks. So you know, sometimes you have to look under odd rocks uh, to find the gems. Um, it's not necessarily LinkedIn. No, okay, that's fantastic. So it's sort of going offline, as it were, as well. And then in terms of um, 
what you have built there. One, because it looks fascinating. Do you want to share with us what, what have you built? How, how big is it? How many stories? How many people are going to be in there? What's the business sure. model you've got behind that? So when we started out growing our studio in Kibera, we knew we needed a permanent home. We needed something bigger. Uh, I wanted it to be in the slum so that we could build this sort of uh, largest game studio in all of Africa in the slum where innovation comes out of the slum. And unfortunately, it just it, it wasn't practical. Uh, and so then we found this space, which is the top two floors of a building called Diamond Plaza uh, in Nairobi. Uh, it had been abandoned for eight years. Mm. Uh, and, and anybody who, who knows my days at Blue uh, we'll know that, that we found a series of abandoned buildings. Yeah, I was going to say you did that. <laughs> that we turned into amazing offices, and, and they often are the, the most incredible spaces. Yeah. So uh, this is a, a 6,000 square foot, two-story barn, basically, uh, yeah. that was built on the roof of this of this shopping mall. Um, and uh, we've created it as a community space. It's much larger than we needed for Siku. Um, but we said, you know, because of my background and, and funding that we have, we have the means to go out and build, you know, a green screen studio that's behind me here yep. and a podcasting studio that we have downstairs uh, and a slide uh, and all the other fun <laughs> stuff get that. that goes with it. Um, but, you know, a, a real startup, a small cottage industry game developer who's maybe working out of their bedroom uh, needs all these things, but doesn't have access to them. It doesn't have the capital to build them. Uh, but at the same time, I don't need them 24 hours a day. Um, and so we said, all right, well, let's build something bigger than what we need, put in all the resources, uh, add a, sprinkle a little bit of mentorship and experience on top of it and make it more of an incubator uh, for the gaming industry uh, that is really just getting off the ground here. Well, that's fantastic. And what, what about the sort of the, the caliber of the people that you're meeting, Jay, in terms of work? Are you having, I remember in Singapore in 95, there was a lot of training that needed to be done around expectations and about skills. And the government took an active program in, in that as well. Are you having a hard time finding people there? Or are you using the internet to find people from around the world to plug into your apps development and so on? No. So in my last business, uh, we had 65 people who were on literally six continents uh, working. And we, and we, had a mantra of, of hiring not the best people who coincidentally live within 30 miles of some arbitrary office, but just we hired the best people wherever they were in the world. Um, and this one, I've, I've tied one hand behind my back uh, because we've, we've insisted that we only hire in Kenya uh, mm. and, and hiring Kenyans particularly, not expats, um, which definitely makes it more challenging. Uh, at the scale that we're at at the moment, and we're only 16 people for the now, uh, it's been easy to find really great people. Uh, when we hit 200 people, I suspect it will be much harder. Yeah. Uh, but for the moment, we've been good. And there's a lot of funding and effort and time that's going in at the moment from some of the international NGOs like UKAID and, and USAID uh, that is all going into vocational training, particularly in the IT schools. So there's great developers who are coming out of those programs, uh, but like lemmings going off a cliff, They've then got nowhere to go and, right. and they're falling into the abyss because they, they need a career and there's just no employers. Um, and so that's what we're trying to then create is, is a soft landing for those graduates coming out. Um, and that's why, for example, in our game development center here, we give six months free membership to any uh, graduates from the gaming program, one of the local colleges to say, look, if you've gone through that, 
and know the start can be difficult, we'll give access to all the resources for free. We'll be back after a quick break. Would you like to double your salary without starting another business? The easy way to do this is to join the board of another company. You get well paid for a part-time role. You get all the credibility that comes with being a board member. Plus, you get to hang out with some very cool people and learn how other businesses are dealing with their problems. If you'd like to know more, if you'd like to learn how you get your first board seat within 60 days, just click on the link below as uh, Unnoticed is a gold sponsor of our summit. So you get free tickets. Enjoy. I'll see you there. That's amazing. What in terms of costs, then, Jay? Uh, what we've seen in Asia over the last twenty-five years really is a, uh, you know, uh, an inflation of, of salaries to the extent that now Singapore is as expensive as London when it comes to hiring. It, it can you? And flats and food and nights out. And Absolutely. Else. It's as expensive as London. Now, what, what about the cost of living and the cost of hiring in Kenya? Is that, is, can you get a sort of a, uh, a margin uh, sort of arbitrage there? Well, because the environment here is going through a period of transition, uh, it's really bifurcated. So you have absolutely the sort of diplomat core at the top and the few expats who are here who are earning top salaries uh, or international salaries and having their housing paid and all that. I unfortunately am not one of those as an entrepreneur, (laughs) but they they absolutely do exist. Um, At the same time, you know, the bulk of the country are making less than $10 a day. Right. Um, And so, you know, those two will have to come together um, I'm hoping that the, the bottom will come up rather than the top coming down. Um, but I don't think we're going to see the hyperinflation that we saw in Singapore. Um, but, but you know, it, it's time for this country to come up. And then in terms of for yourself, how do you uh, kind of stay abreast of what's going on both in, in Africa and around the world, Jay? Because you're moving into a place that sounds like it's developing rather than developed. So, you know, in places like Singapore, there was a, an amazing cohort, as you've already explained, of people that all moved there and all kind of fed off each other. How, how are you kind of staying in touch? How are you kind of building that kind of chemistry and energy in around you? Because I know you feed off that too. And you, sure. inv- so and you inject the, your wisdom into that group. You know, one of the first things I did when moving here was to, to find a dad's group, basically, or create a dad's group. Um, and, and I did the same thing when I moved to New York. I created the Geek Dads Network. Uh, it was called, the, actually, the Geek Dads Drinking Society. Um, and, and I'm really trying to get that off the ground here as well, of just finding like-minded, uh, maturepreneurs, um, tech people who uh, are going through the same challenges as we are, and creating a microcosm of what silver uh, silver foxes. Right. Uh, we are start going out for lunches and coffees and drinks and whatever it may be, and, and commiserating uh, and sharing wisdom. And and that's the fastest way into the local environment because there are gentlemen here who are you know third generation here um, and uh, they know everybody. Um, and so that's the that's the best way uh, I find. And, and and really in terms of the global news and all that. Uh, yeah, I obviously we have Google and everything here, but but I'm trying to disconnect myself as much as possible uh, 
from the the U.S. news, which I find to be um, cathartic. It's just it's just not helpful in any way to your daily process. Yeah, no, that that's right. I think we have to stay focused on and also trying to control what what's relevant to us. Um, in in terms of sort of practical takeaways, and and this could be you've got so many experiences both around the world and as an entrepreneur, Jay. Um, are there some sort of things that you think that are common mistakes that you've seen other entrepreneurs make? Uh, what would you say are things over the last 20 odd years that either you've seen, you've made, or you see other entrepreneurs where they kind of, they're failing? Because part of what we're trying to do with this group is to help people to decide what to do, but also decide what not to do. wonder if you've got sure. any wisdom for us on that. Um, excuse me. I would definitely say over the last 20 years, the worst mistakes in my career that I've made as an entrepreneur were the right decisions that I made that I just took too long to make. Um, where you, you know what you need to do. There's a person you need to fire or downsize a company or exit a market or whatever it may be. You know you have to do it and you just hold off too long. Mm. And in the end, you wind up doing it anyhow, yep. uh, but you suffer from having delayed. Um, and so I would say when you know, just do it and, and rip the bandage off. Um, so that's absolutely the first one, I would say. And the, and the second one, which I think is connected to that, is that... Um, of all the bad decisions that you can make and the mistakes that you can make, probably 90% of them can be undone or fixed or reversed. Um, so the actual risk of doing them is not that bad. Mm. Um, so just do it and try. And I'd rather make the mistake and then fix it than wait around until I have enough information to try and make the right decision. Um, so... Absolutely, I'd say that's a that's a core element of being an entrepreneur as well. Because, and this is not my line, unfortunately. I wish I had said it originally. But uh, you know, if you're not failing at least fifty percent of the time, then you're not actually experimenting. Mm. Um, and to be an entrepreneur, the foundation is compulsive optimization, uh, constantly trying to find problems and solve them. Um, and in order to do that, you have to experiment. You have to be willing to get things wrong. Uh, you know, as I say, if you make a souffle, you have to break some eggs. Yep. Um, and, uh, and and be willing to take that risk. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely fantastic advice. And I think that for all of us that are doing that, um, there's always that sort of sense of, are you doing the right thing or not when the results don't come out so quickly? So what would be your piece of advice? Because people are, that are afraid of failing, you say, just do it. And how do they recover if they fail? What what would be, how have you picked yourself up indeed if you have ever failed, Joe? Have you been so successful? How do you no, think no, people absolutely. Think? I, we talked today about the successful businesses. There have been others yeah. uh, that have been less successful. Um, no, look, failure is not something to be embarrassed about. I think failure is is is, is something to be proud of. It's, it's, a, it's an absolute core element of being an entrepreneur. And, and if you're not failing, then you're not really an entrepreneur. You're just, you know, you're, you're just working in a job that you have to be the employer. Um, and so I think the way you pick yourself up or the way you, you do it is, is to first recognize when you have made that bad mistake. And the only way to do that is to constantly, constantly be listening and taking information 
and evaluating uh, constantly because at least the first year or two years of any venture um, is fumbling in the dark trying to find the light switch. Yeah. And, and at some point, you find it, click, it comes on, and great, you've got a business. But, but you know, for that first year, if you think you know what the business is going to be or you think you know what you're going to do, you're full of shit. Uh, <laughs> nobody does. Uh, we're all just you got you got to try and figure it out, and that requires constant using your senses to evaluate uh, and and humbly admit that what's not working. And and Jay, you're a brave man uh, on many many levels, inspirational and many wisdom areas. Could you just tell us then, if people want to find out more about you, Jay, where could they go to get in touch with you and find out more? Well, sadly, there's a lot of Jay Shapiro's on the internet. So if you just Google yeah. Jay Shapiro, you, you'll find a movie star and a dentist and a lawyer, and, and they're not me. So don't blame <laughs> me for anything they said. Um, on Twitter, I am letter J underscore Shapiro, S-H-A-P-I-R-O. Um, I am on Facebook. And, and uh, if you Google Jay Shapiro and Nairobi, I guarantee you I am the only one here. I was going to say you must be the only Jay Shapiro in Nairobi. <laughs> and I'll also put your details in contact. I'm not the only Shapiro. I met another one last week. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or you can go to usiku.games, U-S-I-K-U uh, dot games. Uh, that's our website. You can contact me through there as well. Great. Jay, thank you so much for joining us on Silver, po Silver Fox Entrepreneurs Podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure to reconnect with you and to be inspired once again by you some 20 odd years uh, since we first met and you inspired me back then and you inspire me today. So thank Jim, you once I'll tell you again. The only, reason, the only reason I was willing to do this was I listened to the previous episodes. I absolutely have been inspired by them. I listened to them in the car on my way to work and I'm happy to contribute one and thank you for putting this all together. It's a valuable resource for all of us and, uh, and I'm just happy to be part of it. Mate, big hugs going out to you in Kenya and I look forward to seeing you. All right, thanks mate. Do subscribe or leave a rating. And for more information, please visit silverfoxentrepreneurs.life and drop me an email. I'd love to hear from you and maybe we can get you on the podcast and share what you know or let me know what you'd like to know. Thank you once again. Have a great day.